Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's hump day with Swanee and friends, Samantha Richards, Dane Swan. Is this still going? Yes, yes. Yeah, you just... Things no, down. I'm just moving over to my other sound grab. I'm very professional here. No idea what I'm doing. And, and the blues are coming, and the North Smith Medal winner is here. David mm. Reese Jones, guest friend. Hello, Reese. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yes. Maybe a bit bit firm in the jodpers about the blues at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're up and about, Ralphie. So uh, <laughs> there's no one no one more up and about than you at the moment. So uh, we hear about yeah, it. And, the, and, and look, they've been good. I mean, we, we, if you think about it, we're the only team we've beaten. Um, Melbourne in a competitive match this year. Yeah. Oh, this year. very good call. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and it was that game. It was actually that game I was there that day at Marvel. And it was a practice match before the season started. But uh, that was the day I thought Carlton's going to be good this year. And uh, I backed him <coughs> round one against Richmond. And oh, a good, well good little collect there. So uh, You've already got date on side. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of punting talk. <laughs> Do you think they beat the Swans this week? We've taken the Swans. Yeah, I look. I, I didn't think they'd beat GWS last week without yeah. McKay. So, um, and and they they were great. They, they were fantastic. Were. And GWS just, are pathetic though. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's the other side of it. Yeah. I think the Swans on the rebound might be uh, might be good enough. But uh, if Carlton come out and they they play with the attitude they're going around really? with at the moment, they they'll be there. To beat they'll anything. be there They'll be there at the end. Top six, probably. You'd think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what got you excited about the Blues? In your practice match, when you're obviously winning, but well, but what what made you think? No, hang on, this this one really is real. Well, the, the, they actually they they took apart the Melbourne midfield, and and uh, Melbourne, you know, got the best midfield in the competition, yeah. won them a grand final last year, and Petrarca, Oliver, and these guys, they couldn't get Viney and that, they couldn't get their hands on the ball, and yeah. and, and they were really slick. Um, Chera and Hewitt in, into that midfield, um, and Cripper, injury free. Yeah, he looks he like is, a new, he's the best yeah. recruit of the year, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's probably dangerous. got six best ons at the moment. He's probably a mile in front of the Brownlow. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we actually might might segue here to one of Dane's favourite topics, practice matches. So <laughs> Dane, Dane wasn't huge on practice matches. He said, what was your attitude oh, to practice no, matches? No. <laughs> I remember I remember after a practice match, we played Collingwood at Victoria Park one day and Wolsey gave me in half time and said, if you want to be an individual, go and play golf. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, if I could play golf good enough, I would. Exactly. So, hey, I I've got to play this bloody game. Mate. I've got to this game. Absolutely. Yeah, so, no, no, practice matches. You, 
a bit like state matches and any other match, you know, you, you just you can always get reported or injured or something can happen. So, uh, yeah, prefer not to be involved in them. Well, we'll get to why you're here a bit later on because you've got some filming to do. But the, the issue of the week has is, is been Luke Parker. And it's just been beautiful getting you in here. So we just might play a bit of Matty Lloyd from the Sunday footy show and then get you, you, you guys both reactions off it. You never, ever want to be walked over in life or disrespected in any way. And I thought Dylan Shield was disrespected in a way you never want to be treated as a footballer. And this was the next contest. I would have ploughed straight through Parker here and got him to the ground and said, you will never, ever treat me like Given that again. I wouldn't have cared what happened. If you, hopefully well, that's taken that whole conversation into a new zone, though. That, yeah. that, if someone else would have had a version of events of that, yeah. that that was undisciplined, and that's the sort of behaviour you don't want as a player, I would have thought. No, I'm saying... Like, if you were to cannon into... I'm cannon into him. Uh, fair enough. If you don't give away a free kick, even better. All right? But I'm talking, like, just don't... You can't be... Do you reckon Joel Selwood will go again? If he was but no one would have like done that. that to Joel Selwood. Well, that's right. So I'm saying Dylan Shield isn't that type of player to do it, but I would have loved if someone else did it on his behalf. Yeah. Like, Essen, like, do you reckon... I think that'll be something that uh, Ben Rutten will show and say, this is how you are viewed, Dylan, and this is how us as a team are being viewed. Yep. Where's the nastiness gone? So different eras before we get Reese's. I, I reckon, I reckon <laughs> Reese probably would have handled it a little bit differently than the current player. Your reaction to that, though? In what part? Um, Both. Well, actually, actually, I was actually looking for the part where Sheila apparently shit himself. I actually must have been before because when he was picking up the ball, he didn't look like he yeah shit himself. I don't know. So must unless it was before that. Um, yeah, it's obviously it's not. Something you want to be called on the football field, you want to, you can be called, you know, all kinds of things, but being called weak or shitting yourself is probably the one thing where you probably does stick with you a little bit. And it's you and all you got to do is next time that ball's there, like if there's a, you got to make sure you run through it as hard as you can, or you got to, and if you don't, it's not all inbuilt in all of us to run back with the flight, like you know, Rewell did with that mark, or Carey did all the time, Jonathan Brown. Like, it's not built in us all. But, unfortunately, there's times when you're playing this game where you go, fuck, this is my turn. Whether I like it or not, you've got to go. So that, And then I actually don't know the exact footage they're talking about where he's where Parker's talking about him being soft or short. But, yeah, it's, it's not something you want to be associated with. You know what? He might not even have done anything, but because he's been blown up this whole week, everyone, when they think of Dylan Shunia, it's going to be, oh, he's a weekend. Yes. Like, that's... You know, he's he's pulled out of you know, of a you know of a stoppage or he pulled out of a going back of the flight. So it's something that's not great. And retribution. Well, I'm sure Reese yeah. would have handled this a little differently <laughs> than. Well, I, I can't believe Matty Lloyd said he'd, he'd wait for the next centre bounce. I would have done it then and there. Why wait? Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah exactly. So if you you would have had to have gone back with something, like if he if they were, if they were doing that, you would have to have gone and. and Footy field's a very, very safe place these days. You can't just walk up and go whack and just hook him because then, you know, you're out for 10 weeks and you're, you know, you're going to be hammered. So you would have to have gone and start a, a melee or just, you know, pull him to the ground and have a little bit of a, you know, a pillow fight and have a jumper fight and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's not great, but... Um, yeah. You've got to make a stand, though. You've yeah, got you to do. make a stand. You can't just let opposition players... Um, Call your week to start with, yeah. and 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 even your teammates around you have got to react, and and, yeah. and you know, we've you know, because oh. teammates not reacting kind of confirms mm. 
that yeah. he is. Mm. Like, like you know, if someone, you know, when someone, you know, it doesn't have much. It comes in and like smashes him in the head, and you know, like a blatant high free kick or something like that, and the opposition go to remonstrate. Like, very rarely do the out does the team with the bloke who hooked the bloke eye come in and try and remonstrate because they know, oh yeah, it's a free kick, so let's just try and move on for the game. But that no one reacting to Shield, and listen, no one may have seen may have seen it, but uh, people not reacting to what Parker was doing was like, and maybe it's kind of confirming that that they're agreeing with Sydney in a, in a weird way because everyone's just walking back with their head down going, oh, oh fuck him. And that might be the state of Essendon. Like, they're just, they're a mess at the moment. Um, so that might just be a state of them where they're all so insular and they're all worried about their own individual performance. They go, well, I need to play well instead of worrying about the team because do you reckon Mel- that would happen at Melbourne? Or, so. or reversed yeah. at Sydney or, you know, all the, the good sides of the moment or um, even at Carlton now, like, do you reckon that happens if that if Shield was doing that to Parker or Shield was doing that to Petrarca or Selwood? Do you reckon that team wouldn't do anything? Do you reckon they'd all just walk back with their hands on the hips going back to the centre bounce? So, so when the, the the other side of the coin is when, when you uh, did what Luke Parker did back in your day, Reese, that you could actually get proper retribution on mm. a player for well, doing it. Yeah, you would. You, yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't put up with that sort of stuff. And, yeah. and and um, you know that that's embarrassing as as a whole team. That's yeah. not just embarrassing the person. It's embarrassing your whole team <laughs> if no one makes a stand. And um, and and. and the teams that are still pushing the edge are the best teams in the competition. Mm. Who, who 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 are tough? Who 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 are um, physical in in, in a lot of ways? Confrontational and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. And you look at Melbourne. Melbourne don't put up with mm. crap. You know, I mean, and and that's why you know Hawthorne, you know Richmond over over the last few years, Geelong to a certain extent, although they're still got a little bit of handbag <laughs> in there still, but. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, th- those teams do, do push it to the edge and, and they back each other up, you know, 100%. So uh, it just shows where Essendon are at. And, and the uh, one thing I miss about the old days is, like, Parker's allowed to do that because he, he knows, like, like, you can go out there and you can do that because you know it's one of the safe, safest spots to be. You know you're not going to cop a whack like back in your day. Like, if you were doing that back in the 70s and 80s, like, you'd have to be prepared for somebody to come over and, and throw a punch where now... Like, you still did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's my point because it was like, yeah. but now you know, like, you can do that and you're going to get away with it. All you're going to do is maybe grab your, get your jumper pulled. So I do miss a little bit of that old days. Or something about but like, even, even back in our day, you, you, you sort of did feel protected out there. I yeah. Mean, you know, I mean, you, you'd be taken on guys who'd be, you know, twice your weight almost. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and you, you, you didn't sort of, you know, you know you'd cop one or mm. whatever, but you're not going to. Um, you do feel a bit secure. That's why I like a bit of the ice hockey to come in in the <laughs> AFL, just one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. like, right, I used to can go one-on-one. Then, then we'd see how many people are like, like mouthy. I reckon it would shut a lot of people up. But um, Luke Parker's never taken a backward step in his life, so I wouldn't imagine. So um, he's, he's more than fair to say that. Yeah, do you think it's playing on his mind that his team didn't stand up for him as well? Yeah, and, and, and as Matty Lloyd said, it would be number one on the coach's um, you know, uh, topic this week. But they've played it down. You know, they've played it down. So it's not number one for Ben Rutten. It's it, – unless well, behind – yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, but I'd make – I'd even make a tougher stand. You know, we, ha- we have looked at it and, and we don't like it and, yes. and we're going to address it. Won't and, be happening again. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, dream time of the G this Saturday night – 
Do you think before the game, the <laughs> Richmond players have got, we can get in the shield by calling him a fucking weekend and stuff like that? Do you, like, do you reckon, and now we'll be interested to see the Richmond boys, every time Shield goes near the ball, like I would be doing it if I was the oh. opposition player the next week. Why not? Don't fumble. <coughs> oh, you, you got short arms. You're like a T Rex. You got short arms. So you want to better pick, <laughs> pick the ball up. Don't, you know, you know go back. You'd be giving it to him all day, and it would have to mentally seep in. So this weekend, I think, well, if they don't, if Essen don't give a better reaction and like, they, they're sort of, if the Richmond boys are in Shield at the bounce, you know, don't shoot yourself today, mate. We're coming at you. If they don't go over and start a like a not an all in ball, but like a melee and like jumpers get pulled like the line in the sand game, then you know they're either they agree or yeah. they just simply don't care and they've had enough. And they want and they want they Damien want to Damien Hardwick, it, I mean yeah. that's in his nature too. So yeah. he, he will he will get his his uh, agitated rats yeah. that go in there and, and, and exactly and, and, and they will be into him and um and why wouldn't you be? Because uh you know, it's 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 a flaw in his character yeah, that he's got to look, now show that he's it, it, it isn't a flaw. Yeah. And you look for every you know at the elite level, you look for every little percent, just every little uh, thing that can benefit help you win. If if them run, you know, everyone would be like, get it one bump on him a quarter. Every player has to get you know we used to have stuff like that. Like the bloke we targeted, right? Let's he hates physicalness. Let's every player has to get one bump on him a quarter. Like just get into him, and, you know. You soft, you know, don't fumble, don't fumble, but whatever it is, and like that'd have to seep into his head. So then it seeps into the whole episode, and they could drop, they drop their head and go, "Oh, we're going to get our ass kicked out," or they go, "No, fuck this, um, we'll show you who's soft." But we'll, it all come out Saturday night. I remember. I, I think their their supporters are looking at this as a line in the sand game. Yeah. They're going to want to see <laughs> some serious responding. So you, you said the word retribution. We, we could go a million ways here with Reese. So probably, <laughs> probably. When you said retribution, it wasn't on the list, but my flashback, the most famous retribution situation was 1987. After you win the premiership, you played at the Oval. Yep. So can you set this up for people who don't know the story of, of how Carlton v North at the Oval in England? <laughs> well, North had actually been beaten by Melbourne in an elimination Thrashed, final. Robbie yeah. Flowers first 100, final. Yeah. 100 points or something. And uh, John Kennedy got them after that game, and 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 basically they trained right through that final series, and he <laughs> out wanted, of the finals, yeah, <laughs> and he wanted to see who wanted to be in that Shinbona, you know, spirit, and, and who wanted to be part of part of North Melbourne, unbeknown to us, of course. So, you know, we we won a premiership. And, so, did and you trade bef- between your premiership and playing at the Oval a, a few weeks later? Well, the elbow got trained. That was about the only thing that was um, operating. But um, yeah, so it was you know as you do after you win a premiership, you you enjoy it, and, and two weeks later you're playing a match, which we didn't want to win. Yeah. We didn't want to win because oh, there's only one person in the club who wanted to win was John Elliott. Right. He wanted to present himself with a Foster's Cup. So um, yeah, because if you won that game, you had to go over to Los Angeles. And where, where a game was supposed to be played, but there was an earthquake, so we got, got transferred to Toronto or somewhere yep. up in Canada. And um, so, if you won, the, if you won the game, you, you had to go and play the final. But if you lost the game, you went to Los Angeles and had ten days on the AFL. <laughs> so, uh, we had no intention of winning <laughs> that game, no intention whatsoever. Oh, back so. horses like this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it it got out of control and. So for those of you who haven't seen it, so the 16, 17-year-old Alistair Clarkson is playing his first game for North Melbourne and he's king hit Ian Aitken. That's yeah. right. And that was what actually got the whole thing going, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Donald McDonald hit me. I took a pretty good mark, actually. <laughs> and, uh, Donald McDonald hit me and, and I had a bit of a headache from 
the night before anyway, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't feeling the best anyway. And um, so I got up and whacked him, and, and then it just sort of erupted. Right. And uh, yeah, it was on on for young and old, and and Ian Aiken copped a, a cheap shot from Alistair Clarkson. And it's probably one of the only times at quarter time I've, I've listened to Wolsey, but um, <laughs> he, said, he actually said, he said, I don't want him to walk off the ground. <laughs> the coach has actually given us a licence now. Okay. So, um, wow. and, 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 and if we you got reported in that game, would that transfer over the A to the regular season? It did, but they, um, they, and that was a great night too at the tribunal because uh, <laughs> they spent they sp- we'd been at lunch uh, and um, and uh, so we so we'd had a few and 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 we, we got to the tribunal and um and how Ian many Collins, were there Ian Collins and there was oh there was probably six of us and about six about yeah. a dozen dozen of us all sitting <laughs> in there and so anyway and and they were arguing the point we could hear but you know through the wall that they were arguing the point and um, so they were arguing for a while and we thought I'm a bit thirsty here so <laughs> got a mate of ours to go and go down and deliver a <laughs> couple of cartons of uh, Crown Lager that arrived and so we were actually sitting drinking in the in the room next door to the tribunal while they were beating it out so anyway we, we, we go in there and um, and uh, and they just said they come out and they said to us they said everyone plead guilty you're going to get a reduced <laughs> Yeah, so everyone just how do you play guilty, guilty, guilty? And one by one by Brad Shine who played for us, the West Australian guy. He said, "But I'm not guilty." Oh, shut up! Just guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get out of here. So, so a couple of questions: Did you yeah. did you end up losing the game? How was LA? And if you did lose, and after the game, after a big knock on like that, do you shake hands and have a beer after? Because I would imagine in London, two Aussie sides go out together and or. There'd, there'd be a function of official aftermatch. Well, yeah, we're in the same hotel. Yeah, so in the same hotel. Oh, wow. <laughs> we friendly afterward, or did well, we? Use we 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 actually. Have you ever seen those Benny Hill movies? They're probably yeah, I know Benny yeah, Hill. Benny Hill. Yeah, it was like that. You know, we were sort of running around <laughs> goalposts, and there was uh, it was um, ridiculous. But did Sticks end up in a, in a rubbish bit or something like in a, yeah, in a punch Steve McCann, yeah. and they, there you go, <laughs> Steve McCann, not the bravest. Bloke in the world <laughs> tried to put uh, Sticks's head in a garbage can, and, and so you know it was it was it was um, yeah it was probably one of the most vicious matches I've been in. Oh, but, uh, if 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 you if you listen to this younger, go to YouTube because it's ooh. yeah. And, and and the funny thing was because we're staying in the same hotel, uh, Jimmy Buckley and myself were going up to our, our room, and um, next minute this is the next day, and the the lift opens. And there's Alistair Clarkson with Ian Fairley. <laughs> and he's just looking at us as if, you know, we're going to kill him sort of yeah. And uh, Ian Fairley's just said, feel his head. Feel it. it was like a pineapple. <laughs> I'm so yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you knew he's got a bit of go about him. Yeah. He was well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think uh, John Kennedy sort of, you know, left him on the ground too, which was right. surprising. <laughs> and, and John Longmire was one of the guys who was uh, one of those star recruits who yes. from up Albury Way or whatever. And uh, so he was sitting on the bench and, and, and you talk to him because he was actually shitting himself. Because <laughs> he was he like thought, 17 or something yeah, at the time. He, he, and, and, and never played footy or anything, just got invited along to this trip. <laughs> and um, and he's thinking, every time the phone rang, he thought, I'm going out, I'm going out. I'm going out. <laughs> not me, not me sort of thing. So, yeah, so it was, a, it was a vicious match. Well, you mentioned Jimmy Buckley. We might as well go down that path. Uh, what type of character was he? Because I, I went to, there was a lunch about three years ago, Blue's lunch, and he got up and one of the prizes was lunch 
with you and and Jimmy. And the MC, trying to bid up the, the price bit, said, what can they expect? And he said, well, the last one of these we did, it included dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you provide value for money. Well, yeah, kept going, kept going. And Jimmy's been off the grog. If, if, if you haven't noticed, the Foster shares have been down. <laughs> <laughs> so don't buy any Foster shares. I'll let you know when he's going back on it. But no. So you came from South Melbourne to Carlton, and that's how you became mates with Jimmy. So what, yeah. what type of culture did you walk into at Carlton in that respect? Play hard, play hard. Yeah. Uh, Drink hard and, and it was else. yeah and 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 to be perfectly honest you know Carlton had a bit of a reputation for their off field activities but <laughs> when it come to um, actually training or playing it was a different mindset completely yeah. different mindset so it was it was was full on on and off the ground so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's probably the best way to put it and uh, and and it was good times too and so, you know they had a lot of success especially before I got there and we were lucky enough you know. 86, we got beaten. 87, we won it. So, yeah. And it was your first year, same year, Sticks, Kernahan and Bradley and Mike? No, no, they it? come the next year. So, so the next they year, come 86, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got so, there you were 85. 85, yeah. So, they were already, it was sort of like that dip. Carlton had that bad bad period back then of three years without a premiership. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was. Yeah. It really was. And, yeah. and, and the difference, you know, I'd, 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 you know, obviously South Melbourne went to Sydney and I was involved with that. And you come back to – you go to a club like Carlton and the expectations are just – you know, it wouldn't matter if you had your best six, seven players out. You're still expected to win. Yep. You're expected to win. And then, you know, the John Elliotts and Dick Pratts and, the, you know, money men of the world um, looked on defeat very, very harshly. So, um, you know, there's a huge expectation there. So Dick Pratt, billionaire businessman, lived and breathed Carlton. Um you weren't really familiar with Dick Pratt back in the day when you first started at Carlton. Just tell us about your first story when you heard heard uh, Dick sort of uh, talking at halftime when you were when you were losing. No, no, it was after a game actually. Oh, it was after a game and um, and we got beaten by Essendon. It was my first year, and and anyway, after the game, um, Parkins give us a huge spray, massive spray. As, as you'd expect sort of thing, although they don't do that these days. No, you have to apologise. Look down on us, but uh, we, we copped it, copped it bad. And next minute this bloke's come in, he's three quarters gone, and um, ah, get your heads up, he's going, it's not the end of the world, nothing's, you know, going on. I'm, I'm sort of looking around, there's Bruce Dool and Mark McClure, and they are all got their heads down and that. And, um, and he kept, you know, sort of walking around and, you know, get your heads up and it's, you know, not the end of the world. Sort of thing. I said, oh, piss off, you old drunk. <laughs> Just so happened to be Dick Pratt. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what a good yeah. career move at the time. Yeah, yeah. So we were stepping a lot of money into Carlton. So. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Um, so let, let's talk about the Splave 20 first to you. Um, uh, your coach. Long-time coach, Mick Moldhouse, wrote a big article about the art of the spray. So yeah. um, he actually said that Benny Johnson was one of the blokes who thrived on it in his article. Yeah, um, he gave Benny a good spray. I think Mick knew who to spray and who not to spray. Um, but mind you, in that heat of a game, like, he fucking wouldn't miss anyone like, when he was going. <laughs> right. But like, on a Monday matchery or something like that, <coughs> he'd go like, show me, he'd go to the, <coughs> the media guys, get me three clips of Jono. Yeah. Like, just get me three. I don't give a fuck what three. Give me three bad ones. So they'd have to go find three and then they'd put them up there and then it'd be like, mate, then he'd rip through them because he knew Jono would respond and I guess um, it was more just a wake-up for the footy club. But Who needed a cuddle and not, not to get that? Because they're all different personalities. It's yeah, coaching, right? L- l- all the young kids when they were coming through, like, you yeah. know, your 
Dales and, and Pendlebury's and stuff like that. Like all, all the because it's a different era, different era back then. But when I first started, anyone who was sort of drafted from in the nineties or early two thousands, like me, we copped it. Uh, but as time got on, and all these kids get um, participation awards, and they all get medals when they're 13, 14, 15, 16, and they don't keep score, and they all get told they're champions. You know, they don't get they don't get yelled at anymore. They don't get sprayed, and they don't understand. So they don't know how to react to it. Well, that's the unfortunate part of sport these days because there is a winner and a loser. You need to be taught winning and losing. If you're not good enough, all these seventeen year olds come in and go, "Why not play in AFL?" Everyone told me I was awesome. And you go, "Well." You can't get the ball in your boot. <laughs> Why are you playing <laughs> AFL? Um, so yeah, no. Mick was was very good at the spray, but um, some some of these young players just have to toughen up and harden up. But like, it's we're not playing thirds at Ashburton where everyone's just going around for a beer and having a laugh with their mates, and they don't train. That's fair enough. They probably don't deserve to be sprayed. Yeah, because they're just going there for a good time and have you know they pay their they pay their money to sign up. They pay their administration fees. They're allowed to go and have a good time and not. Be at, but you're at the highest level of competitive sport. Like if you get beat by 100 points in an AFL level game, you deserve to be reamed. Like yeah. like you're going shit house. You absolutely deserve to be yelled at. Not like, oh, bad luck, boys. Let's let's try again next week. Like what's that going to do? Like then they all feel good about themselves. You need to feel shit house when you get beat by 100 points, and you need to be yelled at and walk out of a meeting and go fuck you. Give it to me. Like yeah. I need to do something this week. I need to improve instead of going. Showing four positive clips and showing, well, maybe you can do this a bit better. Like, you get yelled at and embarrassed in front of a group. Like, that has to, you go, fuck, I, well, I cannot do that again. So then you come in next week and go, whatever happens, I will not be doing that certain thing again. So it absolutely must stay. But unfortunately, we live in a marshmallow world. Reese, I reckon <laughs> he's playing good tune there. Yeah, oh, Robert Walls was, he was the best at a spray and, and he got personal. He, oh, yeah. he didn't care. He just got personal. <laughs> he didn't care what he said. And he'd belittle anyone. You know, I mean, he, he had no favourites. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, and I copped quite a few of them. And, uh, did, did you need counselling afterwards or were you just said, oh, fuck it, that's footy? <laughs> no, a couple of beers and I was yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Mick could get personal, yeah. absolutely. Mate. He would get super personal. But it was just in the, like in the, I don't think he even knew what he was talking about. Because <laughs> they, they just get that angry and yeah. get, you know, like he, had, he had some... He had some fucking cracking sprays. Like I, I missed, um, and it was quite funny sometimes. I missed a game when I went to uh, Arizona mid year in two thousand eleven, and Sharon Wellingham played and played the midfield for me. It went really well. Like I had probably his best game. He's created, I think, thirty plus goal or two. Then we played Sydney next week. When I come back, <coughs> and he hadn't had a kick, and he went horrible. And you know, Mick called him the fifth beetle because no one give no one knew who the fuck he was, and like you know. <laughs> Went off. I remember, you know, Dorsey, he said to Dorsey, hey, what have you done today, Dorsey? You've done nothing. He goes, yeah, mate, I've done fuck all, Mick. And so he's kind of saying, yes, well, you haven't done fuck all. You've done fuck, fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just, like, you know, some things I'll probably can't repeat on here for the woke stuff and, yeah. you know, the, the world we live in, it's, people may be too sensitive, but um, some of the calls from the box were, were absolute gold, like, Get her off. That's it. Stop the game. Um, mate, it's uh, – mate, he was brilliant. But he gets super personal. Uh, but that's what – it's fucking elite level football. It's, yeah. You cop it on the chin. You go, righto, I'm going no good. Like, Mick used to – well, this is not a spray, but Mick was like, if you 
if you can't play like football, at least look like one. So my first two or three years before I got good enough, the runner would have come and go, pull your socks up. Right. Mick wants you to pull your socks up. <laughs> so like I'd have to run around my socks up until – and that hurt me calves, but like, <laughs> Mick would force the runner to come out and tell me to pull my socks up because I wasn't good enough to be – I wasn't good enough to wear them down at the time. So um, wild, wild stuff. Imagine doing – Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That now. So I did a wow. gig with Rusey, and uh, and he actually. He played in Fitzroy, obviously, in the 80s. is a great... But uh, for those who don't know, Parkin and Wall swapped over. Yeah. Um, so he had the same two coaches as you did. Um, he said the difference was back then, you're working during the day, you turn up at training. Coaches didn't need to build relationships with people. Back yeah. At, yeah, you just... No, exactly. They just need a coach. Pick you, they spray you, they couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, they yep. win or lose, <laughs> and that's it. Um, but nowadays, you're with players 24-7, just about, but it's a full-time job. How are you seeing that different in the transition? Because back then... Uh, Neither Parker nor Walls would have had to have cared because it was different, even though well, they, they, they no, were great yeah, coaches. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say that. that you know, and they, they, they always had their favourites too, yeah. and um, it was quite obvious. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a close relationship. Yep, I suppose you know there was always arm's length. So because that's uh, what all the demons players are saying about Goody, for instance. Mm. They're, they're yeah really close, and it's buy in and all that type of stuff, which would have been a buzzword, which I wouldn't well, think would have been your era. No. <laughs> Parko was actually looking for cars outside the pubs to see who was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, so he sort of you know was a bit different there. We we weren't having a beer with him. He was, um, yeah, other things to do. But um, yeah, look, it was it, it, it was a completely different. What era. about the balance though of actually having your own job before you went to training, and we're probably seeing the thirty years later, forty years later, or whatever, we're seeing the AFLW players trying to get full time. I reckon that's the dumbest thing they could do because they actually want balance now. Yeah. And that's something you guys had back then. Oh, exactly. I mean, you you, you know, you, you play in front of seventy thousand people, Carlton Collingwood, and um, and and you get beaten. You you go to work, and you know there'd be half a dozen Collingwood supporters there and putting shit on you, and the Carlton supporters, you know, what have you done? And, you know, <laughs> you bloody shit house on the weekend, and so you know, I mean, that, that and and you just had to front up to that, and that was part and parcel of um, of life, and and I think that's where the players are very sheltered now, and and it's you know. I was I was at a function going back a while, uh, a couple of years back, and 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 it was Mark Murphy, Cripper, uh, Charlie Curnow, 
and we'd done one the night before and we're down at Mornington, Chris Judd come down and, and Juddy was actually talking about dropping his kids off at school and, you know, what, what he had to do during the day sort of thing and and um, and Cripper, oh, the, Cripper sort of turned around and said, oh, do, do the other parents, you know, they annoy you and do they come up and want to talk and this and that and everything and I'm thinking, geez, they, they really have got Living a, a sheltered <laughs> life <laughs> that they don't even understand. You've got to get out and... Buddy, go to the supermarket and be seen, you know, get around the place because, uh, you know, you're just another person and another human being and mm-hmm. um, you're able to play footy. Well, That's mad man of the people out yeah, there. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, how do you reckon you would have gone um, if social media was such a big thing back then? How do you reckon you would have gone with um, all if the, the... If these things were around in my day, and I'm talking about a, a mobile phone now... With a camera. Uh, yeah, I reckon I'd just be getting out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the footballers back then will be skinning yeah. 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 <laughs> Slightly different here. So one of my favourite ones is, is that uh, so 25 times you got reported, which is... A Only, wow. 25. <laughs> Only 25. How many times do you hey, think, it's, it's, think you should have? How many times do you get away with it? Oh, I got away with a lot too. Yeah. 25 times reported, <laughs> but only 24 of them was for hitting a player. <laughs> oh my what, God. what was the 25th? Hitting the runner. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, I, I got four weeks for that. So hitting the runner, and um, that was against the demons, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Right. And, and why'd and you hit him? Hey, and why'd you? Hit, what did you say to you? I, look, I had crackers keen and got me in a headlock, and and um, and it was gouging at me eye, and um, and I was struggling to breathe at this yeah. stage, and 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 someone's tried to drag me out of the pack by the family jewels, and. Um, <laughs> And I don't know where you get strength from, but I, I, all I know is I was on my feet. And the runner looked as guilty as anyone. Anyway. So um, but on the on the yeah, on the replay, it does show him sort of getting his getting hand in, in there somewhere. So, so you know. So anyway, that but uh, but who was, who, who, of, who was the runner? Of, there's a lot of irony in it because the runner that day was um, a bloke called Peter Smith, who happened to be Norm Smith's son. Uh-huh. So how about that? I won, won his medal and whacked his <laughs> That is a true story. So, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. so this is early 80s. Yep. Oh, I'm in the crowd. Uh, this young kid from South Melbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's hit my idol, Robbie Flower. <laughs> no one hits Robbie Flower. Why'd you hit Robbie Flower? He was there. <laughs> he was there. And, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd actually I'd stuffed up a handball and he'd come into Shepherd and I'd just... You know, back <laughs> so it was your era, but and he was there. But it was, you know, you know, it was one of those things that just, you know, the crowd just, you know, <laughs> Robbie Flower. No one can hit Robbie. Oh, I think even a few of my teammates wanted to whack me. You know, it was just one of those things you just hit God. You know, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we became mates through the Sunday Footy Show and Footy Show days, and you had a segment. We thought, let's make this a positive. What was your segment called? The blokes I've whacked. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I actually thought I could get a three-year contract. There's <laughs> was enough Jesus, footage. Quite a, quite a few, yeah. So quite every few, week, so. uh, Reese would catch up with somebody whacked. Yeah. And then we thought, this is a good segment. We need to extend this. So what do we do? Blokes who whacked you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, had, we had a combination of yeah, blokes I'd whacked and blokes who whacked me. And uh, What were some of the highlights? Well, Banksy's obviously double one always. Yeah, the, the, the Robbie Flower one was a good yeah. one because, um, yeah, we, we, we're sitting there and, and, and uh, it, you know, it's a little three-minute segment sort yeah. of thing, but you know how long three minutes of television takes and Ralphie's <coughs> sort of the producer there and, and, you know, sit this way, that way and everything and... Uh, 
And anyway, um, you know, we're, we're at the end of it, and next minute a, a bouquet of flowers comes out. And I go, what's going on here? And I'm putting two and two together, flowers, Robert Flower. Mm. And I think it was Ralphie who said, you know, oh, we're going to finish this by um, you giving flowers to Robert Flower. And I said, no, nah, that's <laughs> bloody corny. That's yeah. shit, you know, I'm not going to bloody do that. And, um, yeah, so anyway... Um, they said, oh, look, they want it to be corny. They, they want it to be, a bit, yeah. you know. So I said, well, all right, let's do it then. So I said, now by making my piece, I'm giving flowers to Robert Flower. Turned to the camera and said, and thank Christ I never whack bread heady. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 my mate Aaron Smith actually was doing that. Yeah. But, um, actually, uh, and they put that one to wear. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew Dimitro. And yeah, yeah, he hit him. Only, yeah. Yeah, no, he hit me. He hit me. Yeah, <laughs> only time he was ever reported. <laughs> so, you can imagine what I would have said to him or done to him beforehand. <laughs> but um, absolutely. So uh, Banksy, you've done heaps of sports sites with yeah. him, but, but that's that, that was part and parcel that era. Whatever happened on the ground stayed there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I probably should have cleaned Banksy up better than I did. I only, <laughs> I only glanced him and um and he's but he's, I just split open. It just. Popped open and um, he needed about seven stitches in it later. But um, yeah, he he, he he stalked me around the <laughs> MCG. Could you feel it coming when I I knew it was coming. I just wish I'd have seen it coming because <laughs> um, there's no blood rule then. Yeah, you know. And every time I looked over my shoulder, he was ten yards behind. So <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to play the pies either at either of the two suburban venues, or was it always MCG VFL Park? In, yeah, we we did play in a practice match here, which yeah. I mentioned before. That uh, yeah, but no, it was always on the on, on, the, the, on yeah, the big stage, sixty seventy thousand, and 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 that was um, that was great preparation for finals. I, I reckon we had a real advantage that um, you know we had those big games, um, whether it be Essendon, Collingwood, or, or whoever, um, you know, at 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 the MCG, and and you'd 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 be prepared, you know, come finals time, you know, some of these other teams wouldn't have. Played in front of thirty thousand. You've said that a lot, haven't you, Scotty? Yeah, absolutely. That's why a lot of players. It's harder to get big get players away from big clubs to go to smaller clubs. That's why a lot yeah. of the club players who play at the lesser, not lesser, smaller clubs, go to the big clubs because they want to play Anzac Day. They want to play in Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, Collingwood. They want to play in front of Carlton, Richmond on opening night. Have eighty thousand people. <coughs> it makes a huge difference going out. Mate, sometimes when I was playing, going out in front of a lot, you know. Go out to GWS, play in front of, and that'll all be Collingwood supporters anyway. Play in front of fifteen thousand, you're like, oh, like fuck, <laughs> this is this is just a game. Like, you know, you sort of float around. But when you're eighty thousand, you're running like fuck, righto. I'm playing AFL tonight. Where you're playing some of these less clubs, you're like, oh, okay, let's just you go and get Tom, this done. Tom Lynch is happy with his decision. To leave the I would imagine, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, yeah. So eighty seven, what what? Uh, Derm was the man back then, and the reason you won the medal is because you, you cleaned up uh, Derm. Uh, not not in the way we've been talking, but actually on the field when it counted in, in skill. Um, what was what your memories of that day, and why did it all come together for you that day? Oh, look, it was it was probably one of the hottest grand finals. I think it was thirty three, thirty four degrees that day, and it was a, a stinking hot day. So you never forget that. But um, yeah, look, I, I, I you know I, I walked into the the um, rooms on a Thursday night as as we did, and the, the Team was up on the board, and I was picked at centre half back, and um, yeah, I was on Dermot. So, I, and you had know, you played I, there much? No, nah, no, nah. not. A, I played a little bit on the back line that year, but yeah. not much. And um, yeah, so it was a surprise to me, but it was you know I think it was a more surprise to 
rescuing the teammates yeah. who thought, shit, we're in trouble here or something. <laughs> and, 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 and even the, the commentators, you know, when you know when you listen back on it, they, you know, I line up on, on Derm and they go, oh, this will play into Hawthorne's hands. So, you know, I mean, not, there wasn't too many people had confidence in me being able to do the job, probably besides myself. And, uh, and yeah, it just, things went to plan. I mean, Derm, Derm was good in the air, I was good on the ground, so I had to get the ball on the ground. Yep. And, um, yeah. So the, worked out well. What what helped you was that you didn't miss footy leading into it, and the tribunal tried everything to stop you, but they tried something different leading into that game when you got reported against West Coast. So just talk us through what, what happened there. Yeah, well, I, I, I just come back from four weeks with the Robbie Flower <laughs> incident, and and we're playing the West West Coast Eagles and over in Perth, and I whacked that Chris Lewis. Remember him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. He deserved it too. <laughs> but, yeah. So um. And it was wasn't it was wasn't even much in it, but I've just come back from four weeks. It's getting towards the end of the season, and um, and anyway, um, we've I think we won the game. We've won the game anyway, and the game finished, and all the players jump on the bus, and Colo Ian Collins grabs me, and he says, "Reese, we're going to stay back. We're going to go to Subiaco, and they've got a West Australian tribunal. They're going to sit and hear hear it." So, um, did you know there was a Western Australian job no, back then? No, never. So this was the first year of the expansion. I think, uh, I think it was yeah. the first and only time they sat. Right. To be honest. <laughs> and um, and so anyway, they, you know, as you do, you go in there, and I said I didn't hit him. Lewis said he didn't get hit. And bloody umpire comes in and tells the truth. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you think you know two against one, this this will be all right, sort of thing. And then they find you guilty, and and you got to sit out because they're going to deliberate on a penalty. And and Colo went into the rooms and. Um, he was in there for ten or fifteen minutes, and and then he come out and um, and he said, "Reese, he said, just whatever they say to you, just agree with them." And um, so I go in there, and next minute, player Reese Jones, you've been found guilty of striking player Lewis to the head. Um, Brian Sirikowski, the St Kilda Premiership player from '66, was the chairman of the tribunal, and and he said, um, "We've determined that um, suspensions haven't deterred your ways. <laughs> We're going to fine you." I was looking at him and going, yeah, how much? And he goes, $5,000. 87, that's a lot. a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm thinking, geez, the missus is going to be too <laughs> Would so you rather take a suspension or the fine? No, nah, it was too close to finals okay, at this yeah. stage. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, so the fine. So, I was, you know, I told another lie. I said, I'll take the fine and never grace another tribunal as long as I live. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson, yeah. The, the club would have looked after you for the five grand fine, wouldn't they? Well, that, that was the thing. I mean, and, um, and, and the funniest thing was on, on the uh, on the Friday, you know, I'm, I'm at work and I, I get a phone call from Stephen Goff, who's our football manager, and he says, Reese, you need to get down to the club as soon as possible. We, we, need, to, we need you to sign the um, clearance for this money and a cheque to be sent to the, uh, to the VFL, as it was then. Uh, because if, you, if your fine's not paid... Um, you can't play. I think we're playing Footscray on the Saturday. He said you can't play tomorrow. So I'm going shit, buddy. You know. So I rushed down the club and at three o'clock in the afternoon, and and I was actually waiting for it to drop back in. And uh, <laughs> you know, Goffy and I sort of got the hand around the side. When's this? You know. And he, he sort of looked at me. He goes, Reese. He said, You are so lucky. He said, You know, if you had been rubbed out for three matches, which is what penalty was going to be. You would have played one match in in eight weeks, and um, you know leading into finals, he said you mightn't mightn't even be part of the squad going in, and um, and then he said he said you keep your nose clean and um, win a grand final, you know you get that back tenfold. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I'm thinking, shit, 
skipping header all the time. I'm like <laughs> 50 grand for whacking this trick now. How good is this? So uh, you win the grand final. Win the grand Celebration final. night. Celebration night, yeah. I'll never forget that. Uh, yeah, uh, John Elliott, our um, illustrious leader, president there, and, and, and we were all stuffed. It was, it was one of those nights that it was still warm. And uh, it'd been a hot, really hot day, so uh, so it wasn't, you know, everyone jumping around and getting yeah. around. You know, everyone was sort of pretty much stuck on their tables and um, having a few beers and that. And I saw Jack across a bit, and I thought, oh, he's, he'll be over here shortly. I've had it, you know, won the medal. I've had a good game. <laughs> you had not a kick; he wouldn't come near you. But uh, but anyway, he come over, and I've emptied all my pockets out, and uh, and Jack's come over, and you know, his usual way, and. You know, you kill Burton, he's a player, you, you put him out of business, you've done this, done that, and Carlton's the greatest club and he's crapping on for a while. <laughs> and I wanted him to draw breath and then I said, I said, yeah, Jack, I said, I've only got one problem. I said, I'm 5,000 light from the <laughs> you know, incident over in West Australia. And he just looked down at me and said, kid, he said, money couldn't buy this sort of happiness. <laughs> Fucking pig's ass! What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't want to mean he wasn't giving me five grand. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we're here for a reason, and you, you're uh, you're on the um, the fundraising awareness for your for your uh, son Cooper. Can you tell people about uh, what you're actually doing? Yeah, well, Cooper's got a condition called Prada Willy syndrome, which is a pretty complex condition that uh, affects the. Uh, 15th chromosome, and, and it's either a deletion or partial deletion of the chromosome, which is what puts us together sort of thing. And um, so he has uh, learning difficulties and um, some cognitive um, disadvantages and that. But, uh, you know, where a lot of people have heard of this is uh, these kids, uh, basically they're hungry all the time. So the connection between the brain and the stomach doesn't work and um, and he lives between meals, I mean... If he was sitting in here now, he'd be looking at that muffin. <laughs> he'd, think, he'd be thinking, "How can I get that?" Back? You know, and, and, yeah. you know, that, that, that'd be his whole attention would be on the muffin there. But uh, yeah, so it's a he he goes through a bit just in life, sort of thing. And um, and, and how, it, how much care is that for you as parents? That uh, vigilance and so forth. Oh, look, we 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 got locks on our pantry, on our fridge. We use a um, bike lock on our fridge to yep. uh, keep it keep it shut. We've got locks on the freezer, and yeah, so you lock. All your food up, basically, or else, um, yeah, he'd be into it if he gets an opportunity. And you can't leave any food lying around. Um, you know, just be a, there'd be a crumb on the table. He'll put his, you know, it's, yep. it's anything. It's just uh, in his mind that he has to eat. Yep. He's hungry. You know, it's uh, you know, it has been called a starvation syndrome. So it's, uh, you know, but it's a lot more complex than that. And and you know, the kids have got different. You know, there's there's one in fifteen thousand. So that means there's probably about. 300 odd around but the Prada Willie Association of Victoria do a, do a magnificent job and they're like a little um, you know sort of family ourselves sort of thing where we, we catch up from time to time um, the last two years haven't been great with COVID and everything yeah. but, uh, but it's always good to catch up with people and, and, and the, you know more the mothers and that share a lot of ideas and, and different things that are working and uh, yeah so we have a 15 for 15 because the 15th chromosome um, so over 15 days on uh, what I call interviewing you know stars from the past and um, I've had, had a good collection so far and, and, and you know a lot of a lot of guys who've uh, offered to help and um, yeah and it's just as much to create crowd awareness uh, they're raising funds too for um, Paediatric department out at Monash uh, University that, uh, in conjunction with the 
Monash Hospital and the Royal Children's um, just to put plans together for, for people who've got kids with Prada-Willi so they can live a, a normal-type life. But, uh, yeah, he, he Cooper, you know, he's 18 now. He's, you know, he's still needs... 24-hour care sort of thing. Are you on the NDIS? Uh, yeah, we get, yeah. A, get some help. So fr- good friends of mine got a severely uh, disabled now adult son who's uh, uh, with uh, cerebral palsy, but mm. he's, they say the NDIS has been fantastic for him. Has it yep. been a benefit for you guys? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it helps um, just um, manage... manage um, the, the needs of the individual sort of thing. So and I assume the parents as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it gives us a, you know, he, he has carers um, three days a week and, and once on a weekend on a Saturday. So, And he'll go out and do activities, whether it's bowling or, or mini golf or going to a movie or something or whatever, so his carers can, yeah, is help it, him out is that Is there way. a cure that can be, or is it just more just something to help ease yeah. no, <laughs> there's no, life? No, there's no cure. Um, it's basically how, how you put together yeah. and... and, and there's, you know, uh, it's you know it's an NQR sort of thing. Not yeah. quite right. He's he's missing um, part of it. What mm-hmm. puts us together and, and allows us to function as we do. So he's missing a piece of that. And um, yeah, so down the track, you never know. Then, yeah, you know, miracles can happen. But you know, science mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But uh, when you're actually missing a chromosome, I don't know where, hard to put where, one where, in, where yeah. you find it. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you unscramble the egg? And you said yeah. that he's 18 now, and it's not not necessarily a common um, condition. How early on did you guys find out what was actually going on with Cooper? How long into noticing that something was a bit NQR with him did you yeah. finally have some answers and therefore a plan? Yeah, well, we, we were lucky in some ways that we found out very early because he, he came out limp. I was actually, um, I don't know how I was in there, but I was in um, when we, my wife, Cherie, was uh, and shared a cesarean, so you're not supposed to be in there because um, obviously people see blood and faint and that, and I've seen enough blood over the years <laughs> <myself. laughs> and caused enough so um, to uh, not not worry about that too much. But when he came out, he, he, he was lifeless, you know, limp, and um, and they had to really work on him to get him get him going. And uh, and I knew that you know, obviously, you know, there's something not right then. But uh, in the in the you know, they'd done some tests on him over the um, couple of weeks. He was in in hospital and. And um, yeah, they give us the news, and and uh, it's a bit of a shock, but that's your lot in life, and and you yep. get on with it, you know. Uh, Self insertion apology, but it actually just gave me some real clarity. I was working with you at the time, as we said back then, and I did the the lazy thing. I'm Swanee. I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times to you. Like I just said, oh, father son rule coming up, you know, rah, rah, rah. and you said, no, that won't be happening. And <laughs> and ever since then, I thought, no, no, actually, don't be an asshole. Just it's all about being happy, healthy, and 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 supporting people. And then if they happen, I obviously grow up. But you, that's why I do recall you saying, yeah, you know, really early doors. You you had that challenge straight away. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and like you, you know, I mean, with all your kids, you you know, like them not to have any any issues, but. Uh, they all have in certain ways, but uh, yeah, he he he's um, yeah he's got a lot of challenges. So yep. you know, right right through his life, he's going to have challenges. So it's going to be um, going to be tough for him, but uh, you know, it makes it tough for tough for us as well. We'll obviously put all the links on our socials, and you're going to interview Swanee. But just before you do, no one speaks to Bruce Dool. No one <laughs> speaks to Bruce Dool, and Bruce Dool spoke to you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, people do speak to Bruce. He doesn't talk back. <laughs> um, yeah, look, he, he's he's a very, um, yeah, very quiet man, and and 
and you know what a great footballer he was. He, yeah. he was just an absolute superstar, and and um, I actually asked him, you know, because I, as a kid, I was, I was a Richmond fan, and I had number four on me back, Roy Sardos, and I hated playing Carlton because uh, you knew Bruce was going to pick him up and, and just be there all the time, and you know with that spoil and and such a great defender and. Um, I asked him about Bruce and I asked Bruce about Royce and, and he, he opened up, he, you know, he was saying yeah. that he, he struggled to sleep the night before and and um, whenever he was coming up against Bruce and uh, up, up, up against Royce and, and just what a great, you know, competitive battle it was. So. Well, actually, there's a connection with number four for Richmond because, amusingly, last week apparently Dusty Martin has an obligation to speak to the media. Uh, and I thought, well, how much did Bruce Dool speak to the media in 380 <laughs> games? Swatty, it's up to the player, isn't it? Well, back then it probably was. Now with all the the TV rights and the the how much money's in the broadcasting and the media, they probably I think they have to do a certain amount a year. But yeah, um, coming off the field, if he wants to say no, we can say no. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Dustin doesn't do a lot, and he has every right to. But I'm sure they're told they have to do a certain amount a year. Yeah, are they obliged to? Because yeah, um, yeah, couple, yeah, that's couple, couple times that's a year. surprised me because um, you know back in our day, if he wanted to talk to him, I mean, I, look, I was quite. I agree with the press and yeah. and didn't mind it. Um, I was always in the paper, so. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one, one quick story before we do this was what he, which was one of my favourite ones. So when you got picked, Lou Richards used to go around and and speak to players when they had their first game. Real positive story back then. They used to do positive stories in the paper, and you got picked. How did Lou do the story with you? He got a top hat on, didn't I? And tails, and um, yeah, because he thought Reese Jones sounded like a posh name, sort of yeah, thing. So. Where we are, Oakley Districts. Yeah, yeah, come from Oakley Districts. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. right, well, if you can fire up your camera, we're going to keep oh, rolling we might, here. We might do that afterwards. You want to do it yeah, after? That'll, all right, no easy. worries at all. Yeah. So we'll put that on our socials as well. Yeah, thanks for um, that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, as much as you know, we we just want to create some awareness of yeah. Prada Willie syndrome, and um, and obviously raise a few bucks um, for this um, plan. We're Going, going ahead with. Fantastic. So Appreciate you coming in. Thanks and very much. Good luck mate. with the fundraising. Thank no you. worries. Thanks, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.